gathered up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,394 this week. We're celebrating the fourth annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. It runs from October 13th through the 15th. This year's events include the Concord Elegance, Brian Redmond's Targa 66, the Canosa Fall Rally, Meekum Auctions, the V-52s are going to be playing, Luftacult, and a whole lot more. Get your tickets at ChattanoogaMotorCars.com. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Ganana, Canada, with a very special guest by the name of Luigi Canetti. Luigi, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely. Go ahead. We're going to have some fun today. Now, I typically introduce my guests, and then we're going to talk about not only a bit about your life, I mean, we could do 10 shows on your life, but also about this event that you're a part of. But before I introduce you more properly, I'd love for you to share one little thing that you think maybe most people don't know about Luigi Canetti. Senior or junior? Yeah, we're talking about you today. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, most people know just about everything nowadays, but the things that I happen to like, uh, which I can send you some examples of, the design, the photography, uh, the photography actually turned out to be pretty, pretty decent. And designing the cars has always been a facet. That's always been there. That's in the old, in the old days, in the eighties and nineties, it used to be going to Europe and, uh, picking up a car, a Ferrari at the factory or one of my own. And in those days you could really drive it. And nowadays, forget it. It's, uh, in fact, the last car I, I had in Europe that I enjoyed was an F40, and that was just the world's most wonderful car. And uh, uh, I think it was with Derek Bell, we were talking well, a bunch of years ago, that it was the last car you could actually drive with your hands, and it had something in the middle called a gear change <laughs> and a pedal on the left. <laughs> that was wonderful. Uh, although I know that the, the levers and the paddles and all that are more effective, but the, the old, I say old-fashioned, but it really is something that gives you more satisfaction. That was a pleasure, you know, that was a pleasure from the time I learned how to drive or race. And I never drove a car with paddles in a race. I, I'm sure it's good, but, you know, we were, we were the one with a stick in the middle, and it was just wonderful. No doubt, no doubt. Ah, the F40, what a wonderful car. Well, let me give you a short introduction here, and we're going to dive into some fun conversation today. Luigi Canetti is this year's Grand Marshal at the 4th Annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Uh, Luigi has always been involved with extraordinary automobiles and the many special people surrounding them. His father, pre-World War II life in Milan and Paris with Alfa Romeo as well as Tabalago, led to his becoming the exclusive North American importer of Ferrari automobiles and the founding of the North American racing team known as NART. Uh, NART gave Luigi the opportunity to fulfill his own ambitions of racing and designing automobiles. He has done both, finishing 
finishing fifth overall at Le Mans, as well as winning his class in the Daytona 24-hour endurance race in a 312p Ferrari, a body that he designed himself. He's also overseen the restoration of a number of highly significant Ferrari race cars, several of which required complete restorations. Luigi has distinguished himself as both a driver and a designer. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so buckle up. We're with an icon today. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So Luigi, we are back. So we could do 10 shows on your life, your family's life. I'm going to narrow this down a little bit before we get into the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival that we're promoting today here on Cars. Yeah. When you think back on this incredible life that you've had with a father that just oh my gosh changed the lives of so many people in the motor car world what's one thing if you can narrow it down that you can say today you're most proud of well that would have to be uh that would have to be finishing fifth of my mom because we started something like 52nd and uh wow oh yeah and dad's old friend uh dreyfus who you can Google him because I think his granddaughter is uh, the girl that was on the TV show whose name I don't recall right now. Hillary Davis was just a spectacular person besides being an entrepreneur, a driver at Lamar. And when I started 52nd, I'm lucky at that because when they were qual- when I was qualifying, he came up to dad and he said, uh, your son is too slow. I thought suicide was a very good alternative oh my at gosh. that point. Uh, wow. That was just, I mean, the son of a three-time winner and his best friend of his father says, you're too slow. Well, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a good evening. And I made it by the skin of my teeth. I mean, just by the skin of my teeth. And then during the race, we uh, eked our way up. Uh, but the actual thing that was very interesting was when I went out to qualify, actually, maybe practice, but qualify. The thing was that I go out on the racetrack where he finished three times first place, the team finished one, and here he's got his son, it's a piker, going out on the track and going, the first thing I said to myself, what in heaven's name did you talk yourself into? That was probably it. Wow. Well, I can't imagine, yeah, the pressure um, of standing on those uh, shoulders 
for sure. But look at what you did. Uh, pretty phenomenal considering where you started and where you finished. And, and this world that you've had around cars has been so full and, and so fulfilling. And at this point in your life, the fact that you get to go to these wonderful car events, including the fourth annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, and this year you get to be the grand marshal of the event. What does that mean for you? Well, actually, it's a little embarrassing because I'm not used to uh, all these plaudits, frankly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of one who, I like to sort of sit in the background a little bit. I mean, once I'm there, it's fun because the people are a lot of fun. And I know a lot of interesting people are going to be there. So that's the fun part. I mean, you get right into it. And, and then all of it comes back. Uh, and the people that are there are going to be what make it because... Uh, you know, without all the people, so those that are still alive anyway, you can have a really nice time with them. It's And from what I can understand, everybody says it's not one boring event. It's a great deal of fun. So those are the things that are nice. It's not just uh, a car show. It's made up of people. And that's that's really the thing to look forward to. You know, Luigi, you touch on something very important that I've learned after speaking with so many people is cars are really just the catalyst that draw us all together. And you've mentioned several names here just in the beginning of this talk. And that really tells me that your life has been filled with amazing, inspirational people in the racing world, in the car world. I can't even imagine all the people that you've met. And I know at this upcoming event, there are going to be some very famous people. And one of them is Brian Redman, a racer from back in the day. Um, I understand he's going to be putting on an event. They're not going to have historic racing, but they're going to have some demonstration runs. Is that right? Yeah. Are there a couple Ferraris from history that you would love to see? Take a demonstration run? Maybe just one or two you could mention that stand out for you? Well, if I go in one of those cars, it'll be with the owner driving. I certainly am not going to drive an owner's car. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you know, the, but if the owner wants to drive me around, that's just wonderful. But no, I, I won't drive a car. If, I, if it was my own car, it wouldn't bother me a bit. One thing about Brian Redmond, first of all, he's one stand-up fellow. I mean, he's just... He's a very brave fellow because years ago, we had a Can-Am 712 Ferrari, and this was something that really nobody wanted to drive. It was a bit of a handful, or I suppose. I suppose a handful is probably something uh, that that's a kind that's euphemistic because uh, I think uh, Sam Posey didn't want to drive it. I don't think, uh, again, Dreddy drove it a little bit. You can check on this, and he certainly didn't. And... Uh, there was Brian and there was David Hobbs. And so my teammate my manager went to see uh, David and I went to see Brian. And we agreed before that the one who wanted less money would get the ride. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was David who wanted $1,100 and Brian wanted $1,000. Can you imagine $1,000 in those days? I mean, just, and this was a Watkins Lem. This was a, whether it was a good car or not, it was a fast car. Yeah. And there were two heats. And the first heat had the two UOP shadows, which were pretty fast Can-Am cars. And Brian was, I think, in the middle of them. I don't recall if they started three abreast or two. But in any case, uh, running around, I think I don't recall how many laps, but the first heat was uh, one shadow, then he, then Brian. And then another shadow, which was the best 
that that car had ever had. In fact, the car was probably surprised to even see the checkered flag. It was just amazing. And the second heat, again, running seconds uh, overall on the back straightaway at the Glen, which is very quick. Uh, he had a suspension brake on the left rear. And, I mean, it broke. It just simply broke. And he managed to stop it. And he comes into the pits. Uh, I think he walked. He certainly couldn't have driven it. But that I don't know. You could ask him. And he says, he said, Coco, he said, I think I earned my $1,000. <laughs> no kidding. I can't even imagine. No kidding. Yeah, scary, scary cars, scary fast. I still see some of those running at historic events. You know, the other thing that they have during Chattanooga Motor Car Festival is a wonderful concours. Um, do you know anything about maybe some of the kinds of cars that we'll see or how you will be involved in the concours? Well, I assume that I'm going to judge something, but I really don't know the cars. I know in, in years past, they've had quite a quite a beautiful wide variety of cars, including some wonderful Ferraris from the cars uh, events past. Have you been at this event before where you've got to enjoy some of those vehicles? I've never, in fact, I don't think I've ever been to Chattanooga. Wow. Okay. Well, you're in for a, a wonderful surprise. It's a wonderful city, and the way this event is put together is quite unique for a motor car festival because everything is kind of concentrated down in the same area. But like many Concours events, you get to see some wonderful cars. Are there a couple Ferraris, if if I could give you a magic wand that would be on the lawn at the Concours that you would love to see? Are there a couple Ferraris you might mention here that you, you, would, you would love to see? In the street cars, I happen to be partial to uh, Super Americas, whether they're 410s or whether they're 400s. Uh, those those I happen to be partial to, mm-hmm. mainly the special body cars. Those are the ones I really, I really like. Because everybody knows GTOs and short wheelbase and all of that. Everybody knows that. That's nothing unusual, uh, other than they're very expensive. But the really interesting, one of a kind cars. That's something. Those are what uh, Ferrari himself. Uh, he liked he liked the special cars as well. So yeah. that's that's really uh, what I like to focus on. And there were a number of them, uh, especially in the early days. The new special cars, I have really not a whole lot of interest because they all are following the same uh, the same path. Um, they all look they sort of more look like they're trying to uh, attract attention than to be really particularly good design. Uh, oh, I can't say that I'm in, I don't really guess I am very keen on thousand horsepower cars. That, <laughs> you know, like I said, the, the F40 is a, it's a driver's car. Yeah. Uh, the things with the paddles in them today, anybody can drive a paddle car. The automatic brakes, the automatic transmission, the automatic this, the automatic that. It's, to me, and I don't mean to sound like an old fogey, but I like to drive cars, and I don't really like to have the car try to outthink me, because you can, you can program the car to do anything today. You can program the suspensions. You can program just about anything. And, you know, with all the, uh, uh, the, the displays, you know, you got a foot-wide display in the center of the car to tune the damn radio, so you have to go to do that before looking out the window. And <laughs> I just don't, I'm just not a, not up for that at all. It's 
I like to look out the window, and if I have to tune something, I can do it with a couple of knobs. And, you know, it's just, I guess that's just me, but I like to keep things simple. You're, you're right. You know, I was just uh, at Car Week down in Monterey and Pebble Beach, and I was at the Quail event, which is spectacular. And the winning car for that event you would love, it was a 1956 Ferrari 410 Super America Superfast 1, uh, owned by Ann Brockington Lee. And that car, I think, would have uh, been a, a car that brought a big smile to your face. Well, I think we may well have sold that car to Bob Lee. Very high. You think so? Is that the same car? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I have a feeling. Well, yeah, because we sold Bob Lee a lot of cars, and he happened to like uh, Boano cars particularly. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we sold him a few of those. The super fast one. Now, I can't, you know, that you're going back a long way. Mm-hmm. So if you were to look up all the cars the Kinetti Motors or Dad sold him, uh, you'd find a, quite a number of uh, quite a number of cars that uh, we sold him. Yeah. And he was quite something else. He was some he was some character. He was he was something. But that's when you had customers that were, you know, very interesting. I mean, they liked the cars. He was a good driver, and likes the cars still today. And we meet once in a while, and it's fun. It's it's a whole different world when you're talking about cars. Uh, I guess you could say pre-1990, maybe. Uh, sure. I, I guess that if I had to draw a line, I would say something around there. I'd have to look at the list, but by and large, uh, Bob Lee was, oh, he was something. In fact, he was a tremendous uh, arms. Uh, now, I don't know whether he collected them or sold them or something, but that was his life. And in fact, he gave me my first rifle, which was a Winchester Model 75 with a bull barrel. How's that? <laughs> well, that's that's a keeper for sure. Yeah, he had he built quite a uh, quite a life and quite a business around uh, arms and hunting and outdoors and and all of that. And oh, so, yeah. certainly, his car collection was amazing. You know, let the listeners know there's a, there's a whole host of wonderful events happening this year with this event that are just very unique that round this whole thing out. The B-52s, famous rock group from way back when, are going to be in a concert. Uh, Mecham Auctions, going to have auctions there. Uh, Patrick Long and his team from Luftecult is going to have a wonderful selection of Porsches. They're going to have a uh, the J. Willard Marriott uh, Ferrari Club is going to be with Ferraris. Uh, Canosa Fall Rally. I mean, there's so much happening here that this is an event that I think everybody is going to want to want to event, uh, attend. You know, when you go back in time, Luigi, was your father your key mentor in life, the, the, really the guy that was most influential in your world? Well, that question is sort of a double-edged sword because I copied what he did, but he certainly didn't, uh, he didn't promote it. Um, in other words, uh, he never taught me how to drive. The only thing he said was, uh, be smooth. That's, that's all he did. He never, be smooth. That's the only, and that was the best advice. And the only time he ever uh, condescended to having me drive a Ferrari was when he went out to Alcar Lake and he left a Ferrari in the garage, which was a 1959 gold Keenan Freena Coupe in the garage in Greenwich with the keys in it. Hmm. Wow. How was I supposed to do? The keys are in it. <laughs> and a dealer plate was on the back. Of course I went and drove it. 
Well, but and I put it back with no, no dents in it or anything. So, uh, but the thing is, even when I started with my first car, he made it. I got an Alfa Giulietta sedan, four door sedan with a column shift, and I naturally I wanted a little red Alfa with a floor shift, but he figured he'd keep me alive a little bit longer. And <laughs> the car was well, it was smart. It wasn't stupid, uh, so he kept me alive. And naturally, in Connecticut, I was hell-bent on beating all the MGs that were in school and all of this. So that was, he kept me alive, which was very good. But as to mentoring, all he did really, I just followed what he did. I didn't do anything unusual. He went racing, he went rally, he did the Monte Carlo rally. He went to uh, establish records at, uh, in France at mont uh, So he, he, went, he did world records, he did rallies, he did racing. So all I did was copy the darn book. I went to Bonneville for world records. I went to Le Mans to drive. I did a Canadian winter rally in the Shell 4000. And he did, he got through Talbot and Alpha. He and Figoni designed a number of pretty damn beautiful cars. So all I did was take a page out of his book. I didn't have to invent anything. All I had to do was copy the book. There you go. Now, you've been in and been around so many unique vehicles in your life. If I ask you maybe just today to choose one vehicle that really stands out in your mind that you've either owned or got to race in or enjoy, what vehicle would that be? To race, it would have to be a 312P. Mm. Not even close. That was like a little Grand Prix car with a body on it. And that was just wonderful. And I drove all three versions. Of the factory coupe, which I couldn't see out of because it was that was at Sebring. But fortunately for me, I drove a Tony Adam, which was a real driver. And fortunately for me, the water pump, the oil pump went away, and that put an end to that. But the next year, when I had a 312P with a different body on it, with the original chassis, mm-hmm. then I could see out of the car, and that was just wonderful. That, that was a great car. That was a little Formula One car with a body. And other than that, for road cars, road car, well, there's an awful lot of good road. There's a lot of road cars at Ferrari. Road cars were just wonderful. Uh, I guess, well, it depends. in Europe, you could drive a car. So that enters, uh, that, that brings in a whole other issue because in Europe, uh, well, I had the F40 in Europe, and that was just a rocket. I just, <laughs> you could just. Yeah, I mean, at one point between, on the auto route, I think I averaged over 150 miles an hour between two cities, and there was nobody on the road. It was X number of lanes wide, so it wasn't anything particularly intrepid. There's nobody there in the car. You know, I think it did 180 or something, but there's nobody on the road. Yeah. And then, probably from the motor, from the factory motor to Le Mans, over the road, over the Mawson Pass with a Daytona, you could drive it as fast as you darn well could, considering the conditions. So that was, those were fun, those were fun, those were fun days. You think? Was, <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, nowadays, you have to, you know, they're waiting for you to, uh, to collect money, and that's, and everybody on the road is scared to death. They, they just, going fast today is just not even in the, 
No, keep that that to the track. One of the things about this event that I think is really important in many, many events is the beneficiaries. And I know that this event uh, focuses on raising money for the Neuroscience Center at CHI Memorial uh, and the Neuroscience Innovation Foundation of Chattanooga. And I want to mention that because these car events that we are fortunate to attend uh, raise wonderful funds to help really, really uh, important colleges and hospitals and things to help people that are in difficult needs. So I want to make sure I mention that. You know, I I have a unique question for you, Luigi, that I don't think anyone's probably ever asked you. Now, this is a little different, but bear with me here. I'm going to dig deep into into your mind a little bit here. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, that is, if you came back as a vehicle, what would Luigi Canetti be? But more importantly... Why? That's a uh, <laughs> that's a tough I one. I came back as an automobile. Which one would it be? Yeah. If I understand you correctly, you do, sir. And why? Boy, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> that's a deep uh, question. <laughs> it makes you think. Well, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> actually, it's a pretty amusing question because the answer will be amusing. Okay. I would come back. <laughs> I would come back as an automobile that the bloody driver knew how to drive. Oh, interesting. Okay. Take me a little further with that answer. Well, what would that be? Oh, my, 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 my. Um, well, if it's a Ferrari, I can touch upon that in a minute. But if it was a, another car, it would be um, 2.3 Alfa Romeo from 1932 or something along Ooh. those lines. Okay. That's one of the great cars of all time. And that would be probably one of the really good ones. And if it was, and another one would be probably in that era, would be a 2.9 Alpha Cooper that won Le Mans. And then why? Because first of all, they were damn beautiful. And they won races, but they were simply gorgeous. in modern cars, I would have to say non-racing. It would have to be a Super America or a Super Fast 410 yeah, yeah. because those are really they're special. Uh, I have one, and they have a short wheelbase. They made 13 or 14 of them, so you get in and you know they were that special car. Yeah. And so that's the reason. That, the reason is because they were special, and the reason is that you just felt good walking up to it. And uh, getting in it, everything in it was just the way it should be. I love it. You did well with that one. And that kind of trips people up sometimes. So nice, nicely done. Nicely done. I appreciate it. You know, I also like to share books here. And I wondered if there's a, a book that perhaps is about you, your family, or your father that you might recommend people read to learn a lot more about your family history. Well, that's an interesting question, too, because up to now, there hasn't been beans. Now, I'm doing a book on the family, and I mean, it's a, the thing is, Jacqueline and I scanned a little over, Jacqueline more than me, just about 100,000 individual documents and images from going back to the 1800s. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because my aunt in, in Italy kept absolutely everything. We, we, we go back to dad as a youngster operating a lathe for Niccolo Romeo before it became Alfa Romeo. Oh, my We're gosh. Going back to 19, 
Yeah, you're going back to 1915. And uh, it goes basically up to the present time. And unfortunately, Michael Lynch, who wrote the, 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 the text, the first text, and uh, David Bull, who was to publish it, mm. they both died. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, that's been unfortunate. And it's been a bit of a tussle from, the, from, from that point on. Um, it's a bit of a tussle, but we're going to succeed, and it may have to be with different folks and all of this if it turns out to be too complicated. But it's it's, it's going to be at least two or three volumes. It's we just have more than we ever ever thought we yeah. would have. In fact, most of it I never knew, and Dad never said a word. Of course, he never said yeah. nothing. He never said he was a machinist. He never said anything about his life in Paris, which I can honestly say that that was enviable because, again, he was doing selling the cars to Pierre Louis Dreyfus in under his house in Paris in the 16th arrondissement. I mean, the, listen, the places he was in in Paris, I would have liked to. Have, <laughs> my God, I got, I just got a taste of it. Yeah. In the 50s and 60s. But when you see what he was involved in, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Wow. Do you have any vision of when this book might come out? Is it the next couple of years, hopefully? No, it's if we can get over the tussle that's been foisted upon us, we have it pretty much ready to go. All of the stuff is there. If we can get over the... Because basically, uh, it, the thing is, it's a story of my family, and I wrote it with Michael, and David was very appreciative. He, he was a one. First of all, he was just a wonderful fellow. Oh, and yeah, yeah. He was an enthusiast when all the others went home. That horrific motorcycle accident that he had was just... Oh, that, I don't even know how he survived. I don't know how he survived. I yeah. mean, he had, had more guts. You know, he had, had more guts to survive, and... I mean, and then uh, Michael Lynch died, I don't know, five, six years ago or four. So, I mean, uh, I'm the only one left alive. And basically, even from the beginning, if you consider that when we started, his dad was involved and he liked David a great deal. And we talked about it, the three of us, at a race meet. And David knew the, the thing is in, let's say in the, well, let's say it was in the 80s. It might have been the 90s, but 1990, I, I was born in 42, so it doesn't take a genius in 1990 to figure out that I was, you know, in the 50s. Uh, having been dead born in 1901, and all of his friends were in 1930, let's say, or earlier, by the time I got into that, I, couldn't, I knew them all because the age difference was not so awful that I wasn't there. I was able to meet Jude Gullick at Le Mans, and I think he won Le Mans in 1911 or something, or Indy rather, in 1911. I mean, my gosh. Wow. You know, now he was 90 or something, or 80, but I mean, he was still alive and conversant. So all of these people, whether it's Figoni in the, in the 60s, well, hell, Figoni in the 60s was probably 50, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to know all these people simply because I was born in the right times. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, what a fortune. And of course, uh, we just came off of Car Week at Pebble Beach and they had Fagoni as a featured mark there lined up along the water with all those Mercedes S cars. And just a, what a what a life. My goodness, Luigi. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Before I let you go today, could you share maybe some thoughts or inspirational wisdom that you have about the car world that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, what era? Well, <laughs> good answer. Any era, anything when it comes to living a life, a rich life around the automobile. Well, it's not too difficult. Um, I was going to say maybe uh, maybe a success quote or some kind of inspirational word your father shared with you, other than drive smooth. <laughs> well, you know, he would make comments. It wouldn't be the one thing that he wrote that was directed at me. Right, right, directed at me was he wrote in uh, one of the old Lamar yearbooks with G.L. Ham's drawings. I mean, this thing was, you know, old, 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 wonderful book. Uh, and he wrote uh, in it in French uh, to my son, congratulations on his wonderful victory at Lamar. That was it. That was it. And as far as I'm concerned, that put the whole thing in perspective. Uh, Finally, as as a son, I, I done got I done good, like they say, uh, and that was the best thing of all. But insofar as automobiles in the sixties, we would go to a restaurant with a GTO first or second series because the GTO was worth eight thousand dollars, and the two plus two was worth twelve, so it, and it had to be sold. So it wasn't a, a matter. You know, you don't have to be a math genius to take the car that was worth worth the least amount of money. <laughs> and that was the GTOs, either one, or short wheelbases, or Californias. And the GTO was a, uh, a wonderful car to drive. Uh, it was not a nasty car. It was nice to drive, dead reliable. We had a lot of victories with the Rodriguez brothers, to Hill drove uh, for us. We had an awful lot of drivers who drove those cars, and they were really uh, extraordinarily fine cars. Um, one car that probably stands out among all of them was a 275 and 250 LM. That was just, and Ferrari was just silly. All he had to do was take that car, maybe make it a few inches longer so the human being could sit in it properly, <laughs> put the gearbox selector in the middle, put an engine like a four liter, you know, as opposed to a high revving three or 3.3, yeah. put trim in it. They made one that was a street car and you wouldn't have a Lamborghini Miura. You wouldn't have any of all that stuff. You'd have the LM, which was the best car in the, I mean, it won Lamar. It won, I mean, I drove it at, at Daytona when it must have had a million miles on it. And it popped out of gear in practice in the factory. And the little gearbox fellow said, I'll, I'll try and fix it. And then when he did, he said, you better take the first stint because there's not going to be a second one. Oh, goodness. And <laughs> we nursed it along. And it came in, I think it came in seventh overall. I mean, wow. it was it was one tired car. It was, yeah. But the 275 LM, I put it ahead of all the GTOs and all that stuff. Wow. It was just. Yeah. It was just, that was, that's what I would call a magic car. 
Yeah. Well, this has been a fun talk. You and I could talk for hours and hours and hours, but I want to remind everybody that uh, we're, of course, celebrating the fourth annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. It takes place October 13th through the 15th. You should go check it out. Go to ChattanoogaMotorCars.com. You can get your tickets. You can see and perhaps go up and meet a Luigi Canetti, which would be pretty cool, and all the wonderful people that are involved. And before I let you go today, I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Judy Stropas. She is bringing me so many wonderful people. And of course, your lovely wife, who's got us together today and been a great help. So Jacqueline, thank you so very much. Merci, merci. Luigi, thank you for taking a little pit stop with me today and sharing just a little tiny window into the extraordinary life that you've lived. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you at the 4th Annual Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. This has been wonderful. Thank you. You know, by the way, as a PS, just between us, yeah. one of the things that was really nifty when I was growing up, and this had to be when I was five or six, Yep. Dad took, uh, you know, the teardrop, the teardrop elbows that everybody loves. Oh, yeah. Well, we went to Rene Dreyfus's restaurant in the West 50s in Manhattan with the teardrop oh, in front of the restaurant. Yeah. And... His, uh, Rene Dreyfus was a champion of France. His brother Maurice tended the front, and his sister Suzanne tended the cash. And we parked uh, the the Pelbo Lago Goutte d'eau in front of the restaurant. Oh my! That was a memory. Oh gosh, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm, the visual that you just provided here is spectacular. I mean, you can't even imagine that wouldn't even happen today. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, you know, again. Uh, you and I could chat for a thousand hours here on all the incredible situations and people you've run across. Absolutely spectacular. Luigi, I can't thank you enough for taking some time with me today and and uh, being my guest on the show. This has been extra special for me. Thank you so very much. Well, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. This has been great. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and Creative Team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!